What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, we're back for episode 131, and today we're going to be talking about us. Jordan Peele's us. Not just actually us. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to talk us about us. For an hour. Yeah, You're so welcome. strap in and get ready to get your fucking mind bored. I'm just kidding. <laughs> actually, Brittany just had a birthday. Happy birthday, lady. Yay. You have. Uh, she's been sick. She got a birthday present. Pretty early. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Got a cold. You, you seem feel like you're okay, but yeah, it fine. still sucks. It might be allergies. The jury's still out on that one. Well, the, the temperatures are changing, so it could it just be. fucks with me. Yeah. Who knows? When I went up to South Carolina, it was like, fuck! Yeah. So All I know is I've been fucking sucking down Dayquil like a dick for the last week. Yeah. What have you? Did you do anything for your birthday, technically? I went to dinner with Mouse and my mom. Nice. So your that mom's cool. in town, right? Yeah, she leaves in the morning, though. Oh, shit. Goddamn. Yeah. I didn't know she was leaving the same day. Yep. Well, I'm sorry. That okay. sucks. Guys, just to give you a heads up, today we're going to be doing our spoiler free first, of course, and then we'll be doing our spoiler section with all the like theories and wild shit explained or, you know, what we think about it. And uh, it's going to be pretty... Uh, we're going to cover a lot of uh, ground. I did some extra research on this movie because, man, uh, there's a lot of, like, typical Peel stuff in there that is, like... I think he kind of went overboard with some of the, like, metaphors and shit on this one, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll get into that. I want to say whether it's good or bad just yet. But I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! So, if you guys have seen us or trailer or know anything about us, we're not going to spoil it in this part, obviously, but it is essentially about doppelgangers. So, we figured what a better way to do a shot based around doppelgangers. Now, how do you symbolize doppelgangers, an evil and a good one? Well, we found two different sort of drinks, one being Jack Daniels and one being Tennessee Fire, but there's an extra little thing that we're going to do. So what you're going to do, guys, you're going to basically take a half a shot of Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire, a half a shot for both of your shots, then... <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right. fine. Yeah, but we laugh like crazy. Because <laughs> if you don't find farts hilarious, you can't be trusted. You're going to get shot. Fuck off. 
Watching you try and open this is really amusing. It's weird because they usually have like the perforation on the side, but not this time. Yeah, they do. When a person can't break into their Jack Daniels, it's a fucking tragedy. You just throw it on the, against the wall to break yeah. it, and then suck the just, liquid yeah. off the carpet. Like if it was if it was glass, I'm like jabbing the fucking broken glass into my mouth. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck it, I don't even care. It'll go numb after a little while. It's fine. So, like I said, half a shot. So fill it up halfway of Tennessee Fire and half a shot of the regular Jack Daniels. <laughs> just a regular Jack Daniels. Is that what half a shot means? <laughs> you just fill it up halfway. Yeah. I'm just being clear, Brittany, all right? You don't have to make fun of me. <laughs> now, there this is a this is a bomb drink, but it's not gonna be a, that much for Brittany. Brittany's not a not a good uh bomb drinker. Like uh, you know, Irish car bombs, things like that. So you're gonna fill up uh your cup with about you're gonna split a beer basically of angry orchard hard cider. I did the apple crisp because it just tastes better, I guess. I've been drinking a lot of cider, by the way. Now, in order to really do a doppelganger for it's an us shot, basically, you're oh, going to have to basically hold hands with your friends and then take sh- take the shot. Oh, hands across America, y'all. <laughs> All right. So we're going to across America. We're going to put this in. You ready? Yep. Three, two, Tacos. one. Tacos. That's pretty good. I like it. Now, technically, this is called a f- apple or a fire apple jack, but with the extra Jack Daniels, boom, <sighs> you did it. I'm so proud of you. It's Jack Daniels. I'm good. Ew, why is the bottom of my shot so dirt? Oh, <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> oh, don't do that. I almost threw up. Don't do that. There's a piece of food on the bottom of my shot glass. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't it, you do it. It looked like a booger. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't you do it. I'm serious. I'm trying to chew it back because it like grossed me out. Do another shot. I must. This must be the evil twin that I got. <laughs> you got a booger. You, uh, <laughs> don't. Just stop talking about it. Don't talk. So. Okay. You, yes. Rainbows and puppies and kittens on my dildo. Wow. That sounds fucked up. Yeah, you know there's a cat fucker, right? Like, oh my god! By the turning way, into, <laughs> we're turning into Florida. Did you see my post? <laughs> my post yeah. on on Facebook we're turning was into Florida. Like Jesus, what the fuck, <laughs> Arizona? Cat fuckers, child abuse on YouTube, and coma rape. Like, what the fuck is going on? I was like. And sorry, Florida. I don't mean this. I've lived there. No, you're literally the the nope of the United States, Florida. Well, we're the okay. second nope. We're the sequel of Florida, and that's what we're I always said. Bad. I was like, "What do we?" I was like, "That we're soon going to be the that we're quickly turning into the sequel of Florida." <laughs> oh, we're not that bad there's, because they always have the craziest crime and shit. There's like, lots of places in California that are horrible. Okay, well, now I think we've distracted me enough, but I'm still thinking about that booger on the. Bleh. Stop it. You did it to yourself. All right. <laughs> if you guys would like to try a booger-free shot, all you have Damn to it. do is go to longlivethevoid.com <laughs> and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. Horror shots. Anyway, guys, let's go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of us. It's a spoiler-free part. We'll give you plenty of warning when we get into the spoilers, so don't worry. But first, we're going to do our spoiler-free section for us right now. 
All right, guys. So now is the time we unleash the fury. Uh, wow. <laughs> sounds like you're unleashing some gas over there. I don't know about that. Can't beat that timing. <laughs> God, Brittany's a lady. She's a lady. A lady. I don't want to get copyright I'm strike. Please, no later. All right. So now we're going to go ahead into our spoiler-free portion of Get of Get Out. <laughs> Of us, <laughs> and what we're gonna do is uh, we're not gonna do it like our typical way where we do the the director. Obviously, the movie's directed by Jordan Peele. If you don't know written, that, directed, produced. Yes, written, directed, and produced. Um, it uh, it has quite the all star cast. Um, but we're not gonna do any of that right today. We're pretty much just gonna go right into our thoughts. And now, Brittany just got out of the theater and drove straight here. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you think of the the movie? I enjoyed it. So, I mean, to be a thousand percent honest, yeah. after it was over, I turned to Mouse and I was like, I don't know what I would just watched, <laughs> but I, I know I liked it. Right. And then I've been sitting on it for the last like 30 minutes and, you know, I've, I've proposed one theory in my brain of things, but that's as far as I've gotten so far. Yeah. Um. However, like there's, there's little things that I expected more of from it that I didn't get, but I'm not going to take that away. Okay. From the fact that it was just, it was a good movie. All right. Like, it's visually fantastic. The music is fucking dope. The acting is fucking incredible. It's a cool story. Right. It's a original story, which is really fucking hard to come by. Yeah. Nowadays. Well, it, it could be debated. It's original enough. It could be debated. It's original enough of right. a story. At least for nowadays. It felt fresh. It did. It feels fresh and so fresh and so clean. I don't know. I, what I are really, we talking about? Balls. So fresh and dicks. so clean. <laughs> and we lost all our listeners. Go That's ahead. Fine. Continue on, Brady. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs> but yeah, I liked it. I am glad that I wasn't disappointed, which is a thing that I was really worried would happen. Okay. Is that I've hyped this up for so long. that, right. And I mean, like I've seen this trailer a thousand fucking times, and I showed it to coworkers a bunch today, and it still gives me goose pimples. And I'm like... Great. Yeah. Can't fucking wait. I'm so excited. And I was like, please don't let me watch this and then go, fuck, that sucked. Right. Yeah. You know I what know. I mean? Like, I was really fucking nervous about it. It didn't give me, like, the punch that, like, Hereditary did, but it or gave- Or Get Out. Or, or Get Out, yeah. Okay. But Get Out, I feel like these are, like, two completely separate movies. Sure, like, totally. Okay. They're very, very different. I feel like we can't compare them to each other. It's not fair to compare them to each other. They're very different breeds. Okay. So- I don't know. This was like his more like honest shot at making a horror movie, like a full on horror movie. Uh, yeah. And eh. some people debate it. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like this is a horror movie. It's more of like a thriller movie to me, to be honest. But well, I'll tell you why I think it's. A I don't horror, care. But. I'll fucking take it. It's creepy as fuck. It leaves you. It gives you a lot of like eerie, uncomfortable feelings and senses. There's some gore in it. Not a lot. I wanted there to be more. But I always want there to be more because I'm a gore whore. So I'm like, give me all of the blood right, and violence. Right, sure, yeah. I'm into this shit. And unless it's like over the top and then it's annoying. Okay. But I don't know. Like nothing took away from the story. And you sound I, like kind of hesitant on it. Or is, did it not hit high for you? Or no, it did. Okay. Like it, it really did. It's just like I'm still trying to unpack everything that I just saw. <laughs> yeah, it does leave you kind of like bewildered. It like. really does. There's a lot there there's a lot going on like it's it's weird because it's like simple yet it's also complex right it's one of those films that's like 
you can interpret it a thousand different ways or you can literally interpret it no way possible and just be like it's fine it was a movie right so and i, don't, I, I actually like appreciate that about i do it. i think it's simple and complex as well too so yeah, i agree it's great so he did a fucking phenomenal job and i can't wait to see what else he fucking does like, i'm so stoked you yeah. know and that's i liked get out a lot and i was excited from what he did with that to see what he would do with other things right okay and i know he's a huge horror fan and so it's a big deal to see somebody that's in like the comedic world and has done such like ridiculous ass shit as like he and you know in uh key have done yeah and but you know what it's really weird to make a small thing i think that like I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and I don't want to like stereotype like You're funny wrong. people or care, you know, like <laughs> comedians or something like that. But I think people who are funny uh, understand maybe like the the darkness. I guess they absolutely. That's why they all kill themselves. Yeah. Well, I don't know about they, all they, of like, them, but the majority of them that are comedians that fucking kill themselves a lot in of some big way, ones shape, or have. form. It's because they're all fucking miserable. But when you say it like that, it's like, fuck, well, why be funny? Well, no, it's not what I mean. It's just like, it's it's a mask. Yeah. It's all a mask. Like, Ooh. people become... Interesting a, you, you know, say that. People become funny or thrive on being really funny and being in, like, a, a big limelight or whatever because something typically is missing or went wrong in their life and they're masking those feelings. Like, I don't think everyone... Trying, not everyone. It's but I not think everybody. there are a, a, a small it's, portion that I feel do. like it's a majority. Yeah. It's not everyone, but it's a majority. And it, there's a lot of people that hurt. And I always hate when people say that comedians can't do... They don't like seeing comedians play serious roles or comedians writing serious movies or whatever. It always bothers me because there's a lot of comedians that have done serious roles and have been incredible at that. Right, yeah, that's what I'm Absolutely saying. Absolutely incredible at that. Yeah, like they get it. Like, like they do. most emotional. And it's most people, like, I mean, I'm a funny person and that all stems from a really fucking dark place. Well, and you know, I've heard a lot of comedians, like like, fam- like famous comedians or people who are in the working industry say mm-hmm. that, you know, they're very, like comedians are very emotional people. You know what I mean? Right. Like they, they may not, they may be in the limelight, but they're really really kind of like reserved and like until they're like on stage sometimes or exactly it's a stage persona but i think i think you're right though like him being funny i I just i think it really does help kind of paint the dark side it does even though he's got a mix of the two i would say in this movie those kinds of things come from dark places and like a example would be like one of a really really good friend of mine yeah and i specifically are like we're gonna we're funny people because we've always been friends with girls who are fucking drop dead gorgeous yeah and skinny and perfect and then there's the funny fat friends and that's us so we have to do something <laughs> because we're not as appealing to other to most people in today's world in today in not even no today's world's changing it so, seems like a very aesthetic world it's very different now than it was growing up so like growing right. up for me it was a lot different than it is now like now i'm just like fuck like i can walk around in a fucking bikini and most <laughs> people think i'm hot this is great but back when i was growing up fuck no right like you get fucking make fun of constantly so like i was in order to stand out in a way and not just be completely pushed off to the side. I was always the funny fat friend and I have a really good friend of mine that's the same way as me. And that all stems from dark places. It all stems from like people not accepting you, people rejecting you, like people just being fucking downright cunts all the time, you know, or like traumas. And, you know, everybody has a everybody has a trauma. Everybody has something shitty that's happened to them in their past. Literally everyone. Yeah. Nobody lives on fucking rainbows and no. sunshine. Nobody does. Anybody that says they are, then they're, they're lying. lying. 
You have you're probably you're not living in a in a real world. Probably have the darkest past of all of us. If that's (laughs) how you choose to fucking live, but whatever, do you? Desperately covering their dark past. Yeah, and that's why I love when comedians right make shit like this. Well, it's It's interesting that you're saying this whole dark past thing because I think there's a connection in them in this movie. Yeah. Although we don't want to get into spoilers uh, about that. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just saying like there's a lot of people that have shit on Jordan Peele for trying to make horror movies and I don't think it's necessarily that he's a comedian I think some people are a little nervous sometimes I think that um, I think people got a little nervous about the political message even though they enjoyed the movie right. of Get Out I think that a lot of people were like don't you try to cram down your ideals on me or something yeah. like that again we're in a very different world now. right but you, when you create art it is personal in a way mm-hmm. You, if you're not writing from a personal space or, or you're directing from a personal space in some degree then it comes comes out as not authentic or exactly. it doesn't have uh it doesn't have the impact that a lot of movies do. Now sometimes I'm sure stuff slips through the cracks, but but so do you do you see so do you think this movie is better than Get Out? I don't compare them to each other. Right, but I mean so, I definitely agree with you, but I mean if you had to pick because I don't know, I've been struggling with it too. It on it it's really hard for me to choose um between the two because they're both very different. Okay. And they're both good for their own reasons okay however i don't know i i feel like i resonate a little bit stronger with this movie okay um mainly because this can go so many different directions and i also don't like political shit shoved down my throat so even though he doesn't really do that i don't think he was trying to do that and get out either he's not really he's not really doing that or trying to do that but i think it's a lot of people took it to that extreme in the first movie you're saying and get out but i i I, they're not comparable films i think he's just trying to make an entertaining film with something different that hadn't been done and it's great sort of hadn't been done it's great it's a fucking incredible film. Like right. it is such a great fucking movie. And but to me, like I enjoyed this one a little bit more for different reasons. Okay. Both are fantastic. Do, and you, do you know what you would give Get Out as a score versus this one? Get Out, I probably I think I gave Get Out like a seven or a seven and a half. I don't remember. Were you with us on that episode? No. Well, we talked about it. Okay. I think I gave it like an 8.5. Yeah, or, I think or, I gave it a, I either give it a seven and a half or, yeah, I think I gave it a seven and a half. And like what would you give I'm this one? I'm trying to remember. This is like eight, eight and a half. Okay. To me. Okay. It's good. Okay. And it, I mean, it, there's different things. Like Lupita's fucking performance in this mm-hmm. is a big reason, like what set it so far ahead. For yeah. Me. And if you guys don't know, she's the lead actress in the movie. She's uh, Lupita Nyongo. She's so good, dude. She was in, uh, She's Black, in Black Panther. Panther. So was actually the the husband too. He was. He in was that. in Black Panther. Yeah. Who he did was he play? Maka or something. I can't remember. M apostrophe K something. I can't remember. I looked it up, but I just didn't. I didn't do the. the oh shit! Okay, there it is. That's my brain just went. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, he I, definitely seems recognizable, but he's such a different character I in this versus that. I love Black Panther. So. That's a different story for another time. So you liked her in this, though, a lot. She's fan-fucking-tastic. She's the... Everybody in this movie is fantastic. All the actors and actresses are really fucking good. Okay. And they take whatever direction and notes that he gave them, they fucking took them and ran with it. Right. Like, they were so fucking good. Every single person. Like, I wasn't upset with anybody's acting. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone was great. And that, I think, like, to me, like... 
I don't know that that sets a that sets a film apart from other movies. And to be fair, guys, just so you guys know, she did just get out of the theater, yeah. so she hasn't been able to unpack this like I have from last night. Yeah, I'm very like I have and, like a very novice opinion. And, and me and you have already discussed like that we were going to take a day off or like have a day between when we watched it and did it. But I didn't get a chance to do. She that. She didn't have a chance to, so she this was the only time that she could. So. Yeah. My mom's in town and I didn't want to ditch her two nights in a row. Right. So, well, is there anything else you want to add to it? I mean, is there anything that sticks out that you want to point out that maybe someone might have questions about or who do you think would like this movie versus maybe who wouldn't? I don't, I think anybody would like this movie, to be honest. Like, I actually kind of wish my mom would have went with us because... She would have liked it, too. She, I think she would have liked it. Well, that's why I didn't, I was like, why didn't you take her with because you? Because she was scared from the trailer. Uh, I showed her the trailer and it freaked her the fuck out. And she was like, I'm going to have nightmares from this fucking movie. Like, <laughs> I don't. And I was like, and I, and I get it. Cause like I said, I watched this trailer a thousand fucking times and I still get fucking goosies from it. Like it's still just as like, Ugh. you know, it makes me go, no, I don't know. And it's, it's a great movie, but then you watch it and it's not really even that scary. And I'm like, man, my mom could have fucking came to see it with us and she might have enjoyed it, but then she might not have. I don't know. My mom's not a horror movie person, so. And I'm not going to inflict that kind of torture on my mother. She's elderly and has survived <laughs> strokes and cervical cancer. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave her. Let she her will pay. not support. She will I'm not live pay. through Jordan Peele. Let's not. She will live through Jordan Peele. <laughs> She's seen worse, but. I was going to say, like, you watched a couple of the movies that we watched and you, she thinks they're ridiculous. Well, she but... watched she watched The Pit and she watched The Hole in the Ground. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was. The Hole in the Ground was pretty freaky. The Hole in the Ground was very freaky. Yeah. And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> like she was like mm. she had a nightmare about it and so I was like if you're gonna have nightmares from that I anticipated this movie to be a lot scarier than it was so mm -hmm. I was like you're definitely gonna have nightmares from this movie yeah but she kind of really wanted to see it because Lupita she really likes her yeah well she so was a good character she was yeah. like maybe and I'm like mom do it and she's like ultimately just went no I'm like damn it <laughs> well I have some thoughts on this one and uh, just to get you guys to, there's a lot to unpack in this movie um, like she she's having you can tell that she's I'm like, struggling yeah I, I am writing I am captain of the struggle ship yes no it's understandable I think a lot of people kind of walked out like they did with a uh, requiem for a dream like oh shit which <laughs> What just happened? Did I get in a car accident? Is that like, I feel like I just hit rock bottom and I'm coming out of a fucking depression. That movie always makes me want to kill myself. It's, this isn't, a, this isn't as bad as, <laughs> and dark time. as that, but, but I won't, I won't spoil anything, but if you've seen the film, you're definitely going to want to stick around for the spoiler section because I did a lot of work and I put a lot of thought into this. Now, first off, did Peel pull it off again? Yes. yes. 100%. I think it's on the same playing field. Like she said, it is very different from Get Out in a lot of respects, but you can definitely expect to have really good acting like Get Out. There are some familiar themes that I think Peel uh, is known for now because of these two films, uh, and you can kind of see his style kind of peer through the work. Uh, I'll get into that more here in a second, but not only did I think that he did it, but he did it with fucking creepy ass class. And I really think that this solidifies the fact that not only is he not a one trick pony, but he has a lot of depth and thought into the films that he creates, at least thus far. And I think the execs out there who have seen these films and are thinking of hiring him, there's a, the, he's, he wrote, directed, and produced this film. There's a winning formula there, guys. Don't forget that. 
Mm-hmm. Let him same. have control of his films because it seems to be working. He did the same for Get Out, right? I believe so. I don't know about production, but I maybe he. I think he might have produced. I can't remember now. But I know before this movie came out that a lot of people have been on different sides about his work thus far. There are some people that you know are comparing him to a master of horror already, and some that are upset with people feeling that way. But regardless of what you think, I think you have to appreciate the depth in which he actually creates thought-provoking movies. And whether you like them or not, I personally think he's pushing the genre or just film in general in the in a, in, a, in the right direction. And within a limited amount of time. Right, yeah. Well, he's, he said that he actually is now can make, write, and everything in a year. Yeah. Literally, from start to finish, he can write, produce everything. That's fucking incredible, because it's when you take something like that and it's in that short amount of time... Yeah you think it's going to be shit because nobody took any time to write or plan this shit out. Right, and he he had a lot going on. He has, like, a kid and stuff and his wife, and, like, it was a lot of stress on them after Get Out and stuff, so he was able to figure out how to do all of this right after Get Out. After He said it was, like, a couple months after the fucking award or something like that. It was sometime in March, I think, he started it of last year. Um, This is fucking crazy. (laughs) But... I definitely think he knows how to fuck with your head, especially in this one. The overall premise of the film is, you know, a family of four encounter murderous doppelgangers of themselves, which personally I find creepy in itself. Yep. But also how they all deliver their bizarro selves, like their their others, is insanely well acted, freaky as fuck. And they have like these weird ticks and screeches and freaky body movements. The the tension in one particular part in the very beginning when they first meet these doppelgangers is pretty unsettling. I think it's some some really great stuff in there. Like it is because it's like right there out in the open. There is no cat and mouse like you would think in most horror movies like right. would do. This is kind of like right in your face. But then they get into that other stuff, the typical tropey stuff of horror. Um it's not just jump scares either. You know, it's the kind of feeling you get when a creature enters the room and doesn't kill you right away kind of scare. Some of it is similar to the the weird moments that you get and get out as well. Like you obviously know he obviously knows how to make people go, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and apparently the actors do too, because they did a, such a great job. Um, this may be a movie that might be a little slow to some people. It wasn't for me. It didn't feel slow at all. Christina felt like it was a little slow for her in the beginning. Uh, she was like, get to it already. And I was like, baby, these are, there's breadcrumbs in here. I know there's breadcrumbs in here that lead us to the reason why he made this film and what it's all about. So that's probably why. But it, it could be confusing to people. Like, you walked out of the theater and were like, what the fuck did I watch? Like, some people, they need to have everything kind of, like, laid out. Yeah. And they may not, or maybe, you know, there are some things in this movie that I think might upset a few people with logic. Uh, or, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but I'll get into it a little bit more here in a second. But when I left the theater, one thing's for sure, I kept thinking about it and, it, and it definitely is a film that just lays it out there while also not explaining it itself, like the entire thing, you know, out in the open. So it's like, there's so many layers to it in a lot of ways. Like some of it is like straight up in the dialogue, right out there in front of you, like this is what it's about. But then when you try to connect all the dots and everything, it really just kind of it opens up even more it's like a flower so yeah. really weird um and there's there definitely is a 
strong message in there. I think this is a movie about self-reflection. Uh, I won't tell you why I think that is necessarily because I don't want to spoil it for you because I think it's better that you just go see this movie without really knowing. So I'm never going to touch on any of the stuff that might do that for you guys. Uh, it will definitely have you pondering long after the credits roll. I was up for five hours last night piecing all this stuff together, um, like writing a fucking report, literally. <laughs> Back to school. <laughs> right. The more I thought about this film, though, the more that it, like I said, it opened up to me. And I think this is a movie you could watch a few times times to catch some of the hidden metaphors in it and that seems to be you know peel's thing now you know he has like these secondary meanings like and double meanings and you know double entendres and shit like that is this a horror movie though i think i definitely think so there is horror but there's also a lot of suspense too uh with a very heavy strong message in there and it sort of reminded me of the movie strangers in uh, some regards. Very heavily. Just in yeah. that specifically the when they meet the doppelgangers, but also in some of the camera work as well. Plus, you know, Peel will always throw in a little, a little humor to make you laugh at inappropriate times. In this particular film, sometimes it was a little too much. Like, I kind of like, I was like, okay, we get it. Stop making jokes. Right. Not to make, I'm just, this is me being nitpicky, guys. But it is sort of his signature thing for him because he's a comedian and he also likes the dark shit. So he knows how to be crazy and funny. But there is not a lot of gore in the film, but it definitely has its weird moments covered in blood. So there are some some funny ones, too. Um, nothing that's, like, super crazy, though. Um, still, I think it's, it's enjoyable, though. Horror doesn't always necessarily have to be gory, in my opinion. As long as it is unsettling in some regard, uh, I think that it can push it. And it definitely is kind of out there. I mean, this, the premise of this movie is, you know, doppelgangers are coming to kill you, essentially. So that is kind of horror, in my opinion. So, uh, the acting, like you mentioned, Lupita Nyongo, she was the star of this film by hands down. Huge hats off to her. I think she's, amazing but that's not to say that everybody else and their you know regular or bizarro versions of themselves are fucking you know any worse or you know worse than her they all did a really solid job and they all worked really well together too that's another thing sort of like a psychological modern slasher meets strangers i guess with like a really healthy heaping of metaphorical and like cultural america Right. So, you know, it seems like that's his thing now. I don't know if he's going to keep that mold or change it next time because it's too similar. Because they are similar in some ways, but not. Like, there's a message. What the message is about is kind of similar in some ways. But this is not... I don't want to say. I don't want to say. So, I'll save that for the spoilers. I personally, like you, can't wait to see what he does next. Um and I also agree with you, like, it should not be compared to Get Out, Apples to Apples. It's definitely its own thing. He sort of wanted to stay a little away from some of the tropes that he did in the first one and do something different. But he has gone on record to say, you know, I can't change what other people's perceptions are and what they want to get from the the work. And it's not up to me. He's like, and it's fine if that's what they find in it. Who am I to tell them otherwise? Right. So I agree with him on that. Now, I'm pretty sure some people are going to get pretty hung up on a few seemingly bad plot holes in this movie because I have. But the 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 overall message and the feeling and the vibe of the movie really does stick with you so well that I, it's hard for me to give it marks against it because of it. And in the end, I think that 
it's a movie that's not supposed to be as you know realistic as all of that. It's really trying to express this message over and over again without spoiling it. God damn it, it's hard. <laughs> but I'll try to explain more in the spoilers, so just stick around if you have seen the movie. If you have not, do not. But overall, personally, I think this is a, a, a really great movie. Um, I would probably give it an 8 or a 9, somewhere in there. It's probably more of a 9 than anything, and I think that with another watch, it may become the fact that I'm Woke up this morning, went to bed after five hours of trying to dissect this movie in my brain and spit it out, do research, all that. Then wake up and continue to do it means that this is a great film. So it is a minimum of an eight, probably a nine for in me. Um, And especially since, you know, because of all of that, the message is really awesome. I like what he did, how how physically tangible he made a metaphor. And it's fucking great. Um, it's not going to be for some people though. I think some people are going to be upset about it, but for the most of us, I think we're, we're going to be pretty happy. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say, I guess. So we're about the same. Yeah. You said 8.5, Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just wondering after a second watch, if it's going to be the same effect or right. cause that's really the judgment call. Is it going to go up? Is it going to go down? Mm-hmm. So, what did you guys think, though? Did you enjoy it? Uh, have you seen it yet? Does this make you interested in seeing the movie? We'd definitely like to hear what you think in the comments below. So, now, we're going to sound the spoiler alarm before we jump into any spoilers. So, if you have not seen this movie, please do yourself a favor. Go watch it first, or just pause it and wait till you have. You can always come back and check it out later. I'm glad you stuck around for the spoiler-free review. Once you see the movie, you're going to really want to hear what we have to say and what we think about this next. So we'll sound the alarm now. Please do not listen to this if you have not seen the movie. That's right. Please do not listen after this. If you have not seen the movie, you will indefinitely ruin your experience. Thank you and have a nice apocalypse. All right, so the alarm. if you guys are sticking around past this and you haven't seen the movie, you're ruining it for yourself. Don't do it, okay? It's not a surprise birthday party if you fucking know, okay? <laughs> You'll never get another surprise birthday party like this, okay? So I don't want to jump into like, you know, some heavy spoilers or anything right away. I do want to say that you know, to try to break this movie down in the simplistic terms first, I think is a good idea. A few key points that were in the film that were specifically placed that will, you know, kind of help us better understand, you know, Peel's film, maybe throw out our theories as we go kind of thing. So uh, that way everybody could follow along for us. And I did a lot of research on what Peel had said so we can back some of these theories up kind of seems like he kind of spoiled a lot in his interviews uh to be quite honest but i don't know i guess when people are asking so many questions you're like fine i'll tell you i don't fuck it (laughs) i don't know why you would tell anybody but stop talking to me (laughs) but to give you guys kind of a wide picture for you to kind of decide um i you know i compiled my own theories and other people's theories and what peel said and combined them together in a nice little btv bow of us so, without further ado, let's jump into that. So, we already know that Adelaide, who is the main star, Lupita Nyong'o, 
went into a mirror maze as a child on the beach of Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Right. Oh, the wild California fun boardwalk. Well, Christina Sorry, kept, I grew up there. No, so. that, that's fine. Uh, Christina said, she kept saying, is that a, like, there's got to be a nod to fucking Lost Boys in there somewhere. Absolutely. Because that was like. where it was filmed. Right. You know what I mean? So she was like, I, I didn't, f- at least not on my first watch. Maybe I'll, I'll look for it the second yeah, time. I didn't catch it. but I didn't catch anything. And maybe, maybe he's a fan of Lost Boys. I don't know. Um, but she goes into this mirror maze and she encounters a, a double of herself scaring her into silence for years to come. And when she returns, uh, of course, when she returns to her family, she won't speak to them. They take her to counseling. You find out she's done dance and all this other shit to kind of cope with it. And then they fast forward to the current time with her family now. She's like a grown adult and she's got a, a daughter and a boy and a husband. And they're pretty much on the road to go to their summer house where grandma used to live that they always go. Uh, but I guess her grandma, grandmother, their grandmother passed she away. Did. Yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just the kind of gist of it, they go to the place, they, they decide they're going to go to the Santa Cruz beach, the same beach, the same area that she fucking went into the mirror maze as a child and wandered off. And uh, met herself, and it starts triggering her, you know, and, and making her remember, you know, how she escaped this, like, scary, horrific event in her life. And, like, there's even a scene where her kid, like, runs off and um, goes into, goes towards the fucking same mirror maze. Did you, by the way, did you catch which, what, what was on the top? Yeah, it was an Indian one, and then it changed to, like, Wizard Forest or some shit. Yeah, but there, there was a saying on the front. I'm just Find curious. yourself. Yes, find yourself, guys. I'll get into that in a little bit. But fast forward, they meet up with their, their uh, like, a, another group of friends who are, like, kind of like your typical L.A. guys. They're white friends. Yeah, but they're, like, the <laughs> typical kind, too. Like they're the, rich white friends. The, they're rich white <laughs> friends that go to basically get plastic surgery, do all the typical L.A. shit. Um, one of the guys is kind of a wisecracker, and he's best friends with her husband and uh, Adelaide's husband. And um, I forget his name off the top of my head. Do you remember? Nope. Uh, anyway. How sad is that? I, I know. his name either. They decide that they're going to leave the beach after a little while because they get a scare when her son runs off and she thinks that he got, you know, like, she was like, I thought you might have been taken or, you know, run away or something. Don't ever do that again. And they go decide to go back. Did they go back to the, they go back to the... um their rental house. The rental, like grandma's house. Grandma's house. It's not their rental house. Yeah, yeah it's their, house. it's her little, little uh, lake home Gabe. or whatever. Gabe? Gabe. Yeah, okay. Well, because I get confused because there's two names for... There's one for the doppelganger and the then doppelganger there's like... doppelganger is Abraham. Yes. So, yeah. A- Adelaide is red. Well, Adelaide is the, the regular version and there's red who is the doppelganger. Gabe, her husband, doppelganger Abram. Kitty is the white best friend. Kitty. She's the wife. Yeah. She goes... Uh, she has a doppelganger name. Oh, sh- yeah. Well, of course, we could say that in the spoilers. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Josh Tyler is the her husband, and he goes by Tex. Well, they don't really say their names in here, but uh, Shahadi Wright Joseph, which is the girl, goes by Zora. And That's Umbre name, yeah. is the, the doppelganger name. And then uh, Evan Alex plays Jason, her son, who is Pluto. Pluto. Right. Because he acts like a dog. Um. 
text. What was Kitty's doppelganger's Dahlia. name? Dahlia. Dahlia. Yeah. So, but anyway, hmm. they they basically go back to their house. She tells him that, you know, there's some fucking problems. And she's, like, freaking out because she's all she's seeing is all these, like, things lining up. Like, remember they threw... It was that that weird part where she throws... The frisbee goes between them. Lands and it right lands on the circle. right on the circle. And she's like, oh, that's weird. And she's like, yeah, but did you ever have, like, feelings? Like, sometimes, like, coincidences are happening and something's about to happen. Yeah. And they, they mention that. Um, like um what is that called deja vu yeah deja vu well they well any uh any occurrence over i think it's two or three is called uh synchronicity Mm -hmm. where you're destined for something uh good or bad technically um it's a term that either carl Jung or albert einstein fucking came up with I, i can't remember uh but anyway they go back and sit down and there's these freaky fucking doppelgangers in their driveway. It's some pretty funny shit. They sit down and make a lot of key points as to what they are, why they're there, and who they are. Uh, she makes like one, like she explains that the the twisted story about how they have shadows. They are shadow selves of the of the regular people, and uh, they're the tethered. Yeah, they're the they call themselves the tethered, but they also call themselves shadow cells. Mm-hmm. But she explains it in like a third person way. It's kind of weird. Uh, I can't remember everything that she said in that part, but it was like raspy voice chick, which was kind of creepy. But um, and then, of course, Adelaide asked who she what they are. Who are you? And she said, we're Americans. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, we're Americans. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And uh Read the double of Adelaide says that, of course, and she seems to be like the key doppelganger here. Later, we see other doppelgangers uh, killing the other with scissors, like their own other, their tethered partner, which is themselves only not fucked up and weird, which includes their friends with twins that that get murdered almost immediately, mimicking their dead selves and so on. And it just kind of continues on. I just wanted to kind of brush up on that. Yeah. So to get our brains kind of like move in a little bit, but some points to make about it. First of all, what do you think is the theory behind this whole movie? Like, what is your take on it? Because I would love to hear it. So you, oh, the as only, best like, you can theory ish okay that i could kind of come up with which is from different little points that i picked up on so yeah that's fine one of them being the house of mirrors that she gets trapped in okay in the beginning originally is like a native american house of mirrors and then it's when they fast forward to present day it's like wizard House of Mirrors or whatever. And then the fact that she's trying to, she was like, they were trying to make her relive her past or tell her story when she was younger. And now she's like reliving and telling her story, but she's also trying to forget it. Right. And like, she's, she's regressed or not regressed. She's she's trying uh, to like suppress suppress it. Like she doesn't want to remember. Mm hmm. And, um, like, and there's, there's other things that, that go along in that too. Like there's other little like subtle hints to things from the past. To me, I kind of took it from this way of American history in its own. We have a lot of dark and horrible things that have gone on in our past. Yeah. But we're always constantly trying to overwrite or forget it. Yeah. And that's kind of like what I was picking up on as subtle as it might be. Like there was other things besides those two points, but that's kind of how like the the theory of what 
the meaning behind the movie would be to me is what I was kind of picking up on about how we have this tortured, horrifying past, you know, in America. Okay. And even her saying like, we're Americans, you know, like that too kind of ties into that whole theory of, you know, we, it's not great. (laughs) Like our past is paved with the blood of other people, essentially like in horrible fucking things that we've done or other people, you know, our forefathers or whatever have done, but we're always trying to override it or forget it. Okay. With other things, happier things, better things, or whatever. You well, know? There, I think I agree with you on some of those points. My my first initial reaction is is like, oh, I get it. We're literally killing ourselves. Well, yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. Like, we're, you know, there's this, like, darker self, darker past, darker... Right. Whatever. I mean, that seems a little kind of like... Like, the more literal sense of it is you're constantly fighting your own personal battles with anxiety and depression, just like everybody is. Thank, so you're, okay. like, quite literally trying to kill either your darker self or your lighter self. I think of it more as a it's political a message. battle to survive. But I can see that, too. That's what I got from it immediately was that because, I mean, first of all, I mean, Get Out has sort of a political message, although it was never. It does. It's not like this movie. You know what I mean? Like this movie is like so much more in depth about like that comparison, I think, than than Get Out was in a lot of ways. Like really, I don't know. There was some cool things in there, like some like comparisons and metaphors, like he was pulling the cotton out of the couch or the chair when he was like passed out. But this one, I think is pretty straightforward. It's, 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 first of all, the movie's called Us, U.S., United States. Mm -hmm. So there's a double entendre there. Uh, I think that because of the tumultuous times that we're in right now, I think that what he's really saying is, is that, like, I was feeling like it's both the left and the right versus each other. Um, and then I started thinking about it more and more and more. And I started going, okay, well, maybe, maybe this is, uh, also a self-reflection thing. Uh, you know what I mean? Because everybody thinks, you know, they have the right answer. And sure enough, I mean, that wasn't my words verbatim in my head, but I was like, well, everybody's like, there's like such two different sides of what everybody thinks and they're fighting against each other and we're literally killing us. We're killing what is the American message. And you see him talk about like uh, hands across America. When I was a child, I remember that I was so crazy, like amazed by that, that people were going to hold hands across the United States. And like, that was like a strong message of like, you know, making the making U.S. better, but also it was kind of like fake in some way, I guess. He kind of goes into that a little bit. By, by the way, did you see the, the homeless guy with the sign that Jeremiah said... Jeremiah 1111. Jeremiah 1111. So do you want to know what that means? Well, it's a Bible quote. It is, but do you know what the... I don't the, know what the quote is. Okay. But. Well, in the, King's James, in the King James Bible, the verse reads, Therefore, thus... Saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Um, apparently, this is a, a reference to a part in the Bible where the Jews, uh, it was about the Jews worshiping uh, after the Babel, after the fall of Babylon. Um, which seems like kind of what is happening in the movie and kind of in the U.S. in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, it's kind of like the end of society. I think that's what he is kind of trying to make a message there. Um, also, they see it on the clock 
as well later on in the movie too. He's like, "Hey, mom, look," and she, and she just kind of brushes it off, like she doesn't want to recognize it for some reason, and I don't know why. But I looked into this, <laughs> and I remember when I was younger, my girlfriend would always be like. And not even that long ago, it was like 10 years ago, or I had a girlfriend that was always like, oh, look, make 11-11, yeah, make, make a, a wish. wish. And it's like, I, like, I looked into it, and nobody knows what, like, how to trace the origins of that fucking thing, but it's just something that people learned, and, uh, you know, from somebody, and it's like a word-of-mouth thing that just kind of spread around, but... uh I just thought it was a kind of an interesting point to point out that they made it. Also, um, a lot of people compare, well, one and one is like a one, a copy of another one. And then there's two ones next to it. So could be a nod to the doppelganger thing. Also, uh, 1111 is also an angelic number by several like spiritual authors and such. And one that I, I think is probably more relevant, I found is that the Mayan calendar, their calendar, was a 26,000 year old calendar, which is associated with the, the turning of the ages, supposedly. And it officially ended December 21st, 2012 at 1111. So end of the world, another theme. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's pushing on that. I would assume, right? Would you think? Yeah. And the daughter says at one point, in the car, like, oh, of course, nobody cares about the end of the world. Right. There was um, another thing I wanted to bring up that I thought about. Do you remember that scene in the movie before they show? It's like, so you see the doppelgangers sit down, have that moment with the family, which is like ultra creepy. That she tells the one to go run. She, the, the husband's getting his ass beat by Abraham, the fucking doppelganger. And it's like, he seems to always get beat up. And then the girl's almost killed too, but she narrowly escapes her doppelganger, the little girl. Mm -hmm. The little boy goes upstairs and then she's like talking to her doppelganger, Adelaide. Um, but after all of that happens and they get to their friend's house, their white friend's house or whatever, the rich people, they, they show up there. And I feel like it was such an abrupt moment. Because you naturally, like, when you go to see this movie, you're thinking, okay, well, this is about, you know, some sort of racial thing, maybe, because of Get Out. Apparently, um, Peel was trying to steer clear of that, that racial message in a way. Like, he wanted to, of course, include, like, you know, black actresses, black actors, and, like, really push that. But he wanted, I feel like this was, like, a m moment where he was, like... Nope, it's not that movie. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like when I saw those family, it, it kind of confirmed, okay, this is not just stuck with the family. And it's not some weird message with that. This is like a widespread fucking thing. Yeah, I get that. Right. I just feel like that was the but, moment that he put in there intentionally. Right. So that people didn't go, oh, okay, so now I kind of get it. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's also like, haha. Black people don't die first. And <laughs> right? They're not the only ones to die. Hey, that's in this true. Movie, I didn't think about that. People. Yeah, but that was an 80s thing. No, it was. it's a continual thing. Well, no, no, not necessarily. Thing. It was big in the 80s. Big well, time. Absolutely. But it's still a continual thing. Like, it's not like the only characters that I die think they are did only in the black 90s. characters now. But it's still like, usually the black character is the first one to die in a horror film. Like, that's still a continuing trope. And. Oh, with, I watched that black noir and they broke down each decade. Yeah. 
And they were saying that 80s was like the worst. The worst. <laughs> 90s wasn't too much greater. 2000s had a little it's bit. It's gotten better. It's gotten better, but yeah. But, but I could still, see that. That's a classic thing. And then in yeah. this movie, it's the white family all gets killed. The reason I brought that up is because I feel like subconsciously he was trying to let people know that when that, you know, when the story kind of sort of goes to them and they kill them, much like, and, you know, it just, he drops that on the message on the floor, kind of like the bodies of the people of the white family that die, which there's some funny shit in there. And we'll talk about that in a little bit on our favorite scenes. But I feel like that was kind of like the same thing that Kubrick did when he did The Shining. There was a scene where... Stephen King used to own uh, a red VW Bug. And in The Shining, you see an overturned red VW Bug in the very beginning when they go to the Overlook Hotel. And I feel like that's like where he's like, okay, yeah, now it's now now it's a different movie than you think it is. Because I feel like he knew people were going to go into this expecting Get Out again. Oh, yeah. So it kind of pulled it away. I don't know. It's just a minor point that I wanted to bring up. But um, but back on like the main overall feeling of i think of the movie for me i caught on pretty quick that it had something to do like i just kept saying to myself while i was watching the movie i was like oh they're killing we're killing ourselves dude that's what he's trying to say but it goes so much more into that and and i'll explain some of these like little points i have it's like some of our some people have like these really good intentions and they have ill intentions too but a lot of the times people think that what they're doing is good intentioned and they don't realize that maybe they're the 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 bad thing in the room. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and Jordan Peele was talking about this. He said, in the broader strokes of things, this movie is about this country. And when I decided to write this movie, I was stricken by the fact that we're in a time where we fear the other, whether it's the mysterious invader that we think is going to come and kill us and take our jobs, or the faction that we don't live near that voted a different way than us we're all about pointing the finger and i wanted to suggest that maybe the monster we really need to look at has our face maybe the evil is us and i I think that's really cool like Mm i i like that like i didn't like i had felt like that i was like well is this like a darker version of ourselves coming to fruition like all the darker past like you were saying about the thing i thought about that too but it's nice to know that it's kind of like it definitely is about America. Right. It is an American movie, like legit. In the movie, they have a moment where they mention like a government experiment where the tethers were created to yeah. control people. You remember that? Right, towards the end. And then the daughter, uh, Zora, she mentioned something about fluoride being in the water. In the water. Mind. Right. And that they used it to control people. Apparently, this was a thing I saw it on one of these like explanations yeah theories or whatever they were talking about (laughs) how hitler did that i don't know if that was necessarily what he was doing i think he was just talking about mind control and how the media maybe affects us and stuff like that and how the government's always tried to sway us or or the uh you know corporations maybe i don't know whoever's in charge um but um but yeah, they were talking about the mind control, and I thought that was really important because they talk about the tethers being connected to one another and how they have to share a soul and that they can kind of they, – they made them so that they could kind of control the world upstairs or something, but it backfired and it didn't work. Um, and then, of course, you got the ending – showing what really happened with the whole real Adelaide thing being taken to the tunnels to switch places. I called that from the beginning. Did you really? I did. 
Well, I definitely, it was in my mind, but she played it off so well. She, she does. I just didn't, I doubted myself over it. She does. But what got me to that connection mm-hmm. was the fact that in the trailer, they show the mirror girl grabbing the real girl's throat. Choking her. And she speaks the way that she does. Right. And the fact that she's the only one that speaks English out of all of them. They all, all the rest of them talk in grunts and noises. Right. She's the only one that actually speaks. And I have but some grapes with that. Like she has a crushed fucking vocal cords or box or whatever the fuck. That's a loose logic for me. Well, yeah, but that's what made me go, I think this is what's happening here. Right. And then me being like, as the movie continued, going, this is definitely what's happening here. This is what I feel like is what's happening here. Okay. And then it it, it was exactly what I thought. And I was it like, wasn't that big like, of a reveal. Punched Mouse, and I'm like, I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! I called it! And I think Mouse might have, too. Well, but... they kind of make you question it a little bit a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Just the way that she reacts, like, oh, I thought you got taken when they are on the beach. And she was like, don't run away. Don't you ever run away. I didn't yeah. know where you were. They do a great job of playing it off. Like, if, well, you could think that theory, but then they do a really good job of being like, no. Right, yeah. That's not it. Well, there's... So we know that they switch places, and Red is now technically Adelaide, and Adelaide switched places with the real Adelaide, uh, which is now called Red. And it's confusing to talk about in an audio podcast without saying it, so we'll just say the original Adelaide is the tether now, Mm -hmm. technically. So... um, she was taken to the tunnel, switching places, and, uh, and that may be symbolic of those inner demons we were talking about that we sort of like sweep under the rug or suppress, and how Adelaide is suppressing that she actually switched places with herself because she so desperately wanted to get out of those tunnels and like live the life that she felt like she deserved. Yep. Because um, she did sort of forget that she was the tether, it seems like, anyway. That's what I felt like, anyway. Yeah. That It was so convincing to me that, like I said, I doubted myself that she even switched in the very beginning because I was like, oh, she just ran away, I guess. Um, but the, the kid at the very end looks at his mom in question. He knows. And it's like he knows something and they have this moment where they look at each other and then he lowers the mask onto his face, and then she smiles. And I feel like, you know, that could be symbolic. Could. I'm not saying I I, I think this 100%, because I don't really know. Um, nor does it matter, I think. I'm sure there's a definitive answer, guys, but does it really matter? Like, sometimes the truth is, like, not as good as what your mind comes up with, mm-hmm. I guess. So, um but I feel like it could be like symbolic that that we all kind of wear masks sometimes, like we were talking about earlier before we even got into this, and uh, sometimes to hide who we really are or our insecurities or some of the things that we don't, we can't believe that we did, right? Or who we are and who we see ourselves to be. It's kind of like we blind ourselves so that we are monsters in some way with a mask on. So I almost feel like it's symbolic there. Now, Jordan Peele did say, I wanted to make a movie that allows everybody to face their demons. Uh, So that he is on quote. Now, hang on. There's another theory that is uh, percolating and that I thought about at the end of the movie, too. Uh, First, I was like, wait, what if he's a tether? The boy. The boy. I thought that, too. And I actually, when I was looking through some of these, like, you know, a couple of the uh, explaining of everything, because, like, honestly, I watch those guys, and then I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with any of that. You know, I go through it in my mind. 
But I think Jason, her son, could be a tether because there's this weird scene where Jason's in the closet with the supposed um, Pluto tether kid, which is the opposite of him. He's got this weird, like, tan... Uh, face mask that he puts on. It's like made of fabric and it's like stretchy material. It's like a sock mask. Right. And then they, and then he's also got like a burned lower portion of his mouth. Almost like, because in the, in the movie, he's always playing with that tr- magic trick thing. Yep. Trying to spark it, right? Yep. And the thing that I thought was weird is that the tether seems like almost trying to show him how to do it. Like he yeah. was like, do it, do it, like do it. Like you have to do it. Something that I caught in the car that is so mundane that the first time you watch it, you probably wouldn't. But I, for some reason, just was like, why is he talking about a magic trick? Like, why are they, why is this such a, like, point? So I was, like, paying attention. And what if, here's the theory, what if one of the the times they went to the summer home with their grandmother, he actually was taken and switched when he was younger? And the the real Jason is now a tether as well, while the other one got out and doesn't know how to do the magic trick anymore. Because he says in the car, he's like, well, she's like, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's a magic trick thing, but I can't seem to remember how to do it, right? Or it's it's not working or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, he's- It was something something along those lines. I was thinking more of the fact that the other doppelganger version of Jason is burned. Right. Well, the, and, she talks about in the beginning. The girl that are red right. makes a comment when the kids go off to play, don't burn the house down. Right. Or whatever. And so I was thinking, like, maybe there was some kind of freak accident. Well, she said, here's the thing that, that trick. I see what you mean, but I think what it was is, is, and when they all sat down in front of the family, she's telling the story of how their shadow cells. She's like, when you ate great, delicious food, I was eating rabbits. When you were opening presents and toys, I was picking up shards of glass. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So what if he was lighting matches and somehow burned his face or like, because if you watch the tethers, they're mimicking everything that they're doing, but like really crudely. And it's not exactly the same. So if they got a cup, they might be putting a shard of glass in their face or so he might have burned himself. Or maybe he got burned somehow when they took him. You know, I feel like. Yeah. Another he feels th- like he's exchanged. Right. It, it could be. Like, I can't say because, but there is a f- quite a few breadcrumbs. As a matter of fact, remember when they go to the beach right after that? And they go to the Santa Cruz to go to the beach after they first go to the, the summer home. And he's riding on the boat and it's a silly thing. When they go there, he's out there playing in the sand. And the two twin girls of the white family are like, your brother's like really weird. And they even remark him like how he's changed a little bit in the car, I think, at one point as well. Now, one of the guys that I watched, this YouTube YouTuber by the name of 3C Films mentioned that they said when he was in the in the sand, I remember him saying something about what he was building, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But he said that that he was saying they were building tunnels. He was building a tunnel where are the tethers in the tunnels. So you see what I'm saying? Like there's some sort of connection or he's just somehow closer connected to his tether because he's the only one in the movie that actually is able to control it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe that's why. So maybe he isn't a tether. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think he's a tether. 
Don't try to spoil it for anybody switched. in the comments, by the way, guys. Like, write us personally or something like that, because I wouldn't want to spoil that for people. So what do you think? Do you think he is or is I think he is, too. I had that, like, sneaking suspicion as well. I feel like it could go either way. It can. It, he He's not or he is. Like, like maybe it, they were leading us that way to make us think that, but... Yeah, I don't know. Their interaction at the end is what, like, solidifies the fact that I thought he was one. Right. It's interesting, though, because that, that whole exchange in the closet is very telling in some ways. Yeah. For me, anyway. Um, also, we mentioned this a little bit in the, the horror shots, is the Hands Across America thing, which uh, is a real thing, guys. So if you're not familiar with it, for us old folks in 1986, there was this huge like fundraising for fucking poverty, hung people who were hungry and homeless, and they were trying to abolish it. And they were going to get all this money raised, and every person that donated had a chance to stand next to somebody famous and hold hands across America. Uh, apparently, they, like I looked it up, there was like Michael J. Fox, Brooke uh, Shields, I think yeah. is her name. It's Ronald Reagan even did it, which some people say that he was like part of the reason why there was so many homeless people. Uh, it, that was in an article I read too. Uh, there was Michael, Michael Jackson, I think, also Michael J. Fox. A I know a lot of people involved, but there was a lot of people, and I think it even spawned the the We Are the World. The, so that whole song that was like really popular back then. But um, you know, they they attempted to connect hands across the nation, but nobody actually did form like complete chain across the world. But all the tethers are lining up to do this after they kill their other, their tethered version of themselves. So like the bad version kills the good version technically, or are they one and the same? They could be, you know, who knows which one is the bad one? We don't know, which is also probably a, a, a kind of a wink and a nod to who's the left or the right or, you know, politically or who you vote for or your inner person. I don't think it's like specific, but. But um, I also thought maybe maybe this shows that we have some sort of good intentions, as I mentioned earlier. Right. And it's kind of a front, you know? And the fact that the Tethers did it, even though they just killed people, mm -hmm. is also kind of hypocritical and kind of like apropos of the country in some way. Because in a lot of ways, we're, we literally kill people and then talk about fucking saving people. Yep. Which is kind of sick in a fucked up way. Um, or it could be looked at as like some sort of virtue signaling, which if you guys aren't familiar with virtue signaling is politically, it is when you shout at the rooftops about one thing to get attention so that people think you're virtuous and you're not really, you're just doing it to get attention, which is a real problem. I think online yep. people want attention so badly that they're willing to put their children in a closet, spraying them with fucking mace and beating them to perform on YouTube. That happened here in Arizona, guys. Fucked up. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm off the tracks here a little bit. But I just feel like it's kind of apropos Americans in a way. And it could be that, you know, it was a time we all kind of came together back in the 80s. So, you know, we thought, like, everything was kind of making America great again. And, like, it was like this really big time. Even fucking uh, Peel goes to talk about this a little bit. I looked it up. But before I get there, I, I this is what I thought of before I found this. Um, I thought about the whole good intentions thing. Like, that was a big thing in my head. Most There's a quote from T.S. Eliot, who's a famous poet. Yep. And also Samuel Johnson, who have two very big quotes about good intentions. 
And this, the big one that everybody always thinks of is hell is paid with good intentions. Right. The road to hell road is to paved hell with, is good with good intentions. intentions. Right. Which is Samuel Johnson. But the one that really pairs up with my thoughts about the good intentions thing is a quote from T.S. Eliot where he says, most of the evil in this world is done by people with good intentions. And that's a, from a poem, like a famous poem that he did from like the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Um I thought that was really relevant. So it kind of like confirms that whole good intentions with the Make America Great Again or the 80s. Um, Peel actually said that he watched a, like a shitload of television as a kid, like we all did. You know, he said old creepy commercials also come up on both ones from the 80s. Uh, he said in conceiving this movie, I arrived at the hands across America commercial from one of these moments, feeling as opposed to thinking I feel I, I found a real Hands Across America commercial. I don't know what I was searching to find it, but I had the feeling of dread watching this amusing, bright optimism on display. It took me back to a time where I was also afraid and young and vulnerable and didn't really know what was going on. So I probably said, what if this was the first scene in the movie? And begin to answer questions about what I was working towards. Um and he also further said, he said, there there was a sort of a, a very specific duality of the 80s where television that I was watching that had the sincere but also hollow sense of optimism and goodness. It was the Reagan era, which was kind of like the return to those 50 ideals, the Make America Great Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to compare the suits, the red suits that they were wearing to the Make America Great Again, but I don't think that's what he was doing, guys, honestly. Um, and he said, and now we're back to that. You know, but that sort of the sitcom, oh, shucks, thing, when juxtaposed with the fears of the Cold War, the wealth disparity and the Challenger disaster and these kind of things was just as a kid, I knew something was fucked up and didn't make sense. Very much like the 50s were. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, you see the Hands Across America on the TV. They play the whole commercial. I wonder if that's, I think that's the actual commercial. I feel like that is too, yeah. Did you notice the VHS tapes around the... Chud? Yes! You saw that too! Yes! Yeah, I pointed that out to Mouse. Did you really? I did. It was Chud and... I saw a couple others, but I don't remember. That was uh, the one I remember. The Goonies. That makes sense. It was Chud, the Goonies, and then I couldn't read the other two. Okay. Which is funny, because I don't even think VHS was popping in 86... I think it was beta. <laughs> I could be wrong. It could be within that. Yeah, I'm that like, did they record shit on VHS in the 80s? I mean, it's not really a, an integral part in the whole fucking movie. It is kind of in the sense of the Hands Across America, but Peel did may have a, a, a little thing about that Chud tape, by the way. So he said, fun fact, my girlfriend's father directed Chud. Neat. When I was like 11 or 12 or something like that. Her father was Douglas Cheek. So that was my introduction to Chud. So there's a little personal thing to me. I was like, what? That's fucking crazy, dude. Right. I can't. I don't know. I just think that's really fucking cool. Um, anything else that you wanted to point out that you saw or anything? I don't think so. No, I'm stopping my head now. Okay. Well, I think ultimately, I think this movie for me was that we really need to take a long look in the mirror at ourselves. Um, you know, and like Peel said that, you know, you may not even realize that you're the bad guy or that you've done fucked up things 
and that you're not perfect or, you know what I mean? And like, everybody's trying to do this good intention thing. You know what I mean? I think that's like a really big message in there, you know, that we may be the monsters, but you know, we're all kind of tethered to each other, you know, right or left, good or bad outside or in sharing the same sort of soul, like us as Americans, the U S for better or worse, I guess. One last thing I want to mention about Peel and what he had to say is that he had an interview with Polygon, and he said, I saw an episode when I was a kid called Mirror Image. Uh, I believe he was talking about the Twilight Zone. I was going to say. Because <laughs> he said it was like a huge influence uh, for that, and it's part of the why he's in the show. Uh, but there's something about this idea that the doppelganger that was this that has this creepy smile, they know more than you do. And I was sort of connecting that to first and foremost, our fear, our societal fear of terrorism, of an attack, an invader coming in and what was plotting something mysterious. You know, besides the fact that this is an awful event in the movie is the idea that there is a well-oiled plan. And the only other thing that's more terrifying than that is suppressed feelings of what our part in these tragedies is, even if we are the victim. And I think that's fucking dope. Like, yeah. I don't know. Because, like, I think about, like, how many people think they know. Like, I don't want to say virtue signal because it's kind of, like, redundant, but... Some people will sit there and act like they're spotless past. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, guys. In my personal opinion, everybody's a fucked up individual. Yep. We're all fucked up. Whether we've been a victim of something, whether we've done something to somebody, we've all made mistakes and learned that is the human experience, I would assume. Right. We've done something bad in our lives that we're not proud of. So... um, what? Let's go over some of our favorite scenes. And then we'll go over a few things that we were like, wait, what? Like, what are the plot holes that we found after that? And then we'll wrap it up with our final thoughts. And then we'll put a cap on this motherfucker. So did you have any that stood out that were like some of your favorite scenes that you liked in this movie? Um, I liked the, the introductory scene that's kind of spoiled in the trailer to the family of the doppelgangers or whatever. Oh, when they're sitting at the table? When no, when they're standing in the driveway. Oh, yeah. I love that shit. Like, it's so fucking eerie and uncomfortable. And Can I help you? Just like, <laughs> and then I'm like, you want to get crazy? Because I can get crazy. Oh, you want to get crazy, huh? And, and like, he's like oh, so God. not intimidating. No. Right? <laughs> not, nothing about him is intimidating. <laughs> but I, I like that scene. And then when they just like disperse. And I'm like, Ugh. dude, and he like runs down the driveway oh, and then like one... that whole all of that leading up into them getting into the house is just like, no, yeah, no, it was, it's good. That's what the strangers sitting, thing that I'm talking that's about. It's very much like the strangers. Yeah. Very, 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 very much. Ominous. But I love the fact of like the hide a key. He's like, that's some white people shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, I was like, it she's is. She's like, there's a hide a key out there. Well, and he's like, oh, what? Hide a key? What the fuck is that? Lots <laughs> of white people shit. And I'm like, it is indeed. Yeah, nobody. I don't do that shit. I don't do that shit either. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have a key. You're fucking locked out. Like, I don't hide a key in my fucking yard. That like, shit cracked me stupid. up. stupid. Everybody Although, knows what a fucking fake Heideki rock looks like. There was a lot of jokes in that portion, though, so it kind of took away from, like, it the did. scare that, a little that's bit. That's how I felt about, all of, like, a lot of the jokes, is that anytime there was any type of suspenseful or, like, scary moment, it was, like, joke. Right. Most of them didn't hit. <laughs> well, like, no, I wouldn't say most of them, but some of them didn't hit, so it was just kind of, like, eh. 
Yeah, but still, like that, you know, it, it's like fine. I can I can lo- overlook those kind of things because of how like it's so good. Encapture, like I was just captured by its like thought, right? Like regardless if you guys think it's just rudimentary fucking one hundred one fucking logical sense or it has no logical sense, we'll go over that in a little bit, but. Uh, one of the other ones that I thought, you know, I mean, the whole shadow talk, obviously, when they sit down after that yeah, and great. like have that talk, just can you put yourself in that position and think to yourself, like, how would I react? Like, they seemed like they didn't want to get attacked because they didn't know what was going on. Right. And it was very clear that they weren't going to get away no matter what they did anyway, because they took the biggest of the pack down because they broke what's his name's. They injured his leg. Fucking. uh yeah, the, uh, the dad. Gabe. Who? Gabe. Gabe, yeah, Abraham. That was another part where, where fucking Abraham's like, ah! Ah! I was kind of laughing, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> But dude, like, the thing about this, guys, and this, I mentioned to Brittany about this outside, the thing, the reason I love this scene in the whole movie, and I think, you know, they use it in the trailer, kind of takes away from it a little bit, but you get a lot more than what the trailer is, obviously, if you ever watched a movie where they try to make duplicates of somebody in a movie, granted it was dark in the scene, which may have played to their advantage with lighting so they didn't have to figure it all out. Um, but the way they did it, I legitimately felt like they were not, they were twins, twins, like bizarro and regular version. And the way that they acted, all of them, the kid, all of them, fucking creepy, especially the fucking daughter with her fucking smile and her eyes. Terrifying. What the fuck? She's the worst one. But she doesn't say, she doesn't do anything. She doesn't make any noises. She just. And she's the worst one of all of them. Like, she's the scariest. I felt like she was the fucking scariest of all of them. And it's just like that smile. Yeah, it was freaky. But did you notice, like, that's another thing I wanted to point out. I saw that somebody, one of the fucking explains was mentioning this, and I forgot to to mention it or write down who said it, but somebody was saying that part of the reason that he could be a tether is why is because there's only two that I got injured by the tethers. That is, Red didn't get killed, or no, not Red, Adelaide, the, the supposed Adelaide, the non-red fucked up one who was original original adelaide anyway it's hard to explain she doesn't get fucked up with by any of the fucking tethers it's almost like they knew that she was a tether meanwhile the daughter and the husband the father both got injured in a way like the girl well she didn't get injured but she almost got killed like she was literally going after her to kill her but all the other ones the son and the mom Never had a moment where they were going to yeah, get they killed. Were like playing with them, right? So it's almost like maybe they were tethers. I don't know. Anyway, um, do you have another scene that you uh, wanted to bring up? Yeah, when the white family gets killed. <laughs> yes. Pretty dope. That's a good scene. That's a great scene. That is a that's fun. A that's scene. a fun scene. That's what I'll say. I was, it's a fun scene. It is. I mean, it's not really fun, but he's it's like, like I'm in my comfy spot. I'm in my comfy spot, like hilarious. <laughs> um, but that, that all of that's great. And they start off with the teenage twins, and it's all kind of like an outside view of what happens, essentially, right. until we get into, like, Elizabeth Moss's character, who plays Kitty, like, when she's dying. And she's obviously, like, gurg- she's making that gurgly noise, because she's been stabbed in the throat right. or whatever. And she's trying to get to her dead husband, and 
she like crawls up to the feet of the dead husband doppelganger. No, it's not dead husband. The d- husband doppelganger, whatever. Yeah, you That's said dead she, husband. It's the dead husband's doppelganger. Oh, the dead. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So, Sorry. and she reaches her hand up to like for him to help her up or whatever, and he does the whole like, nope, psych, is like, psych, side by his head, <laughs> like swipes his hair back kind of thing, and I was like, oh hell no, <laughs> and then. You know, her doppelganger comes and slits her throat, and I'm like, "Damn!" But it was good. And yeah, her, but, but but you're her forgetting a part. Is fucking psycho too. When she wait. does that, and he pulls his hand back and is like, "Psych, uh, you're too slow." Uh, yeah. Like, which is totally like some fucking old school fucking like. So like, 80s. what is it? Happy days type Stupid. shit. Like fucking yeah. the fucking fawns. Anyway, when she does that, she's like, "Ophelia," which is Alexa. Yeah. Call 911. Call the police. Call the police and it plays. Fuck the police police by fucking NWA. Glorious. Okay. Fuck the police. I'll play. Fuck the police by NWA. And I was like, glorious. Yeah, that was funny, dude. And you know what? uh, They did, somebody else like did an interview with him and they asked him about that specific scene. And they were like, are you trying to make some sort of message with the technology? And he was like, I mean, it's relevant, but... It's definitely in there for a reason, but it's, it's, it's not funny. like, yeah. it's just more like seeing the blood splashed on the fucking Alexa is just kind of like bringing it to nowadays. Exactly. Like, yeah. like it's more of like a technic technology, like, isn't ha ha ha, you yeah. know, like laugh at the uh, technology and you know, how technology is still constantly failing us no matter how much we try. Or that, you know, we find so much comfort in these like things like our phones and fucking Alexa and they don't give a shit about no. us. It's no. just, it's just a, it's a, okay. like a, a meaningless facet like, in our lives. Like, how do you get that from call the police? But okay. <laughs> Hilarious. But, but yeah. I, I, I say shit to my fucking Google all the time and it's like, okay. And it's just complete opposite of what I asked. <laughs> like, I love that, dude. That was some funny shit. That was one of my favorite parts. I do like how they just like, they, they go up and they just kill everybody right away, which was kind of like one of the things that really bothered me with the plot holes is why is everybody else getting killed immediately, Instantly. but not the fucking family, the main family? Like, I understand that it's not going to drive the plot, but they should have had a lot more struggle than the cat and mouse that they were going on. That was one of the, I'll bring it up now just so we can, you know, skip over it later. But one of my favorite things um, that I thought was really funny is when they're arguing about who's going to drive. <laughs> Yeah. Cause well, first they have this argument after they, they're at the family, the white family's fucking their best friend's house and they're all dead on the floor next to them and they're watching the TV and they're like, Oh my God, they don't even know that they're, they're doubles because they, this is around the time you find out that there's just all these doubles like all over the place is when the shit hits the fan. And he's like, She's like, well, let's go to Mexico. We got to drive. We just got to get in the car. We got to keep moving. We got to go to Mexico. And he's like, Mexico? He's like, we got food here. Might as well stay here. Here's better is just as good as anywhere else. You know, he's like, we can pull out a home alone on these motherfuckers. And she was like, are you serious? Did you seriously just reference home alone? (laughs) He's like, you know what I mean, though. And then they go outside. And because Adelaide has or technically red but she has the 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 handcuffs on her wrists uh after like this huge thing with like the mom the best friend because she's up there like putting on lipstick and stuff and they fight and all this other shit which was really cool not really gory but cool um 
But anyway, they go to the car. They're about to drive off to Mexico, which they never do. And they, I guess, go to the beach <laughs> for some reason. Christina had a problem with that. But as they're getting in the car, they're like, who's going to drive? And he's like, well, I, my leg's fucked up. I can't drive. And then she's like, I'll drive. And then she's like, no, mom, I'm driving the girl, Zora. I'm driving, mom. You've got ch- handcuffs on. It's dangerous. You shouldn't be driving. And she was like, uh, she's like, I killed two people. They discussed their kill count. Hilarious. Yeah. He's like, okay. She's like, I killed she's two. Like, besides, she's like, I, I killed the, highest, the twins. I have the highest kill count in the car. Yeah. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, actually, I just killed the twin for you. He's like, okay, you killed one. You killed one. You killed one. I killed two. Yeah. Okay. So get in the fucking car. And then the uh, that was fucking, that was pretty funny. That was funny. I, I mean- that one was an acceptable humorish part, but like in the beginning when they're like scaring him. the flare him, gun. Flare gun was hilarious. That was funny too. <laughs> yeah, when he fights the fucking hilarious. his best friend's tether. So good. <laughs> so good. Because it all ties back to like, did you get the flare gun? You forgot the flare gun. Yeah. Because like right in the beginning, yeah. I'm like, of course you forgot the flare gun. Of course you forgot the flare gun. And then he's like, don't forget the flare gun. And then it's all this cheap fucking bullshit cap gun. Like amateur move. Hilarious. Like some sort of fucking nautical fucking so idiot. Like his reaction. He's just like. <laughs> he's like, I'll kill you with the flare gun for that joke. You piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, also the uh, kid on fire, even though that it was, was good. I really liked that. That is a very cinematic, very awesome scene although they I think they reversed it in the in they the did. trailer and played it so that he's he walking away out. to the fire yeah, yeah he's coming out in the trailer but uh, i think it lost some of its effectiveness because of the trailer another reason why trailers aren't always the best but how are you supposed to know if you want to see it you know what i mean like by the buzz that people fucking say about something right or if you watch every single horror movie, which I know some friends, Jason, <laughs> he literally watches like every single movie. I can't even keep up with him. Um, do you have another scene that you want to mention that you thought was really cool? Like maybe it was significant or something or? Um, well, yeah, but it's at the end. I mean, everything's Towards really shot end. well, but. I love when um, Red kills Adelaide. Oh, yeah. That was a really cool <sighs> dance. Literal dance. It was awesome. The whole, like, everything leading up to that scene is in fucking credible. And then how she kill when she kills her. And then she, like, starts singing her little trigger, trigger song, Itsy Bitsy which is Spider Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yeah. And then she fucking ruthlessly snaps her neck, even though she's already dead. Like, she's about to die. Did you notice that she kind of reverts? Damn! She reverts back to her she tether did. self? Yeah, she does the laugh. And, like, she's instantly, and that's where you're like, ugh. And she's like, and then the and then Jason is in the closet, and he's scared of her. Oh yeah, because now he knows for he's sure. Like, like he's like always questioned it, and now he knows. Yeah. You know, he's just he just knows now. Now he's like, God damn it! And then she's like, everything's gonna go back to normal, back to how it's always been, bitch. Everyone in the world is like dead. Yeah. <laughs> like their doppelganger killed them. There's a bunch of weird people joining hands across the world. It's I'm not going gonna to go Disney. back to normal. <laughs> It's not going to go back to the way it was. But that's a, it's a, that whole thing, like the whole conversation that she's having with her about, that's where you really get to understand about the it's government good. experiment. Yeah, and that, like, that's cool. It's a cool scene. Um, they also talk about, she was like, because like the, the red version that escaped as a child from the tether group, who was a tether and became Adelaide, was like, she learned to dance. And it wasn't the original Adelaide who got kept 
who got uh, imprisoned in the tether world uh, who had the scratchy voice and everything. And she was like, it was you who taught me how to dance after all. And I always thought that was, I thought that was really significant because they're kind of like prisoners of the underground because the people above ground, the normal people who are not tethers basically do the actions and the tethers have to follow it. Mm -hmm. Even though they were trying to use them to manipulate and control the world up top uh, in these miles and miles and miles of fucking ground underground shit, which we only see a small, tiny little portion of that, apparently. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was really interesting because she was like essentially saying that you had a brain and that you were one of the ones, one of the 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 true tethers that they were trying to like take control mm-hmm. and like actually do it. And I thought it was just kind of different. They knew you would lead. Right. And she learned to speak and all this other stuff. Um, now, now I want to get into some of the loose logic shit, and it'll also have some spoiler trivia, like trivia type shit in there. There's just a few things that I was like, okay, plot, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Because I know that there's some people out there that are going to be like, yeah, I just, it doesn't make any sense. You know, like, like getting into the Blair Witch argument that, that I got into with the people like it's just like it doesn't make logical sense to them so I'm sure that they're going to have issue with this movie because of it one of the ones that I was thinking of is if the tethers can walk out at any time up the escalator why didn't Adelaide when she got trapped down there who unhooked her from the the bedpost with the fucking handcuffs yep like I didn't ever once see anybody who worked on the tethers down there it was just this crazy mess of them feeding each other down there did you see anybody work no it's kind of weird it was like they ran their own little world down there yep and like how did they survive you know there didn't seem to be like a locked door to keep them in that was holding them back so you know how did all this like there's some loose logic there did you think about that too i did yeah but again, you know, I don't think too much of it because of the movie and what it says. Um, like, personally, I would think that the fucking people who were working and experimenting on these things would have killed them all off, right? Like, they would have shot them in the head, or maybe it might have killed the outside people, and that's why they didn't. Like, like, what do you think is the whole reason there? Yeah, that I have no idea. Like, that is like, an interesting idea, but I don't know confusing it doesn't go anywhere (laughs) doesn't make any sense i mean i'm sure there might be an answer i'm sure because when you're writing these kind of stories you have to have the like the backstory yourself whether you tell the audience what that is or not because otherwise it won't be believable and even fucking jordan peele said that um another thing that i found that was kind of like iffy was like where are they getting these spiffy fucking red jumpsuits and golden scissors yeah those scissors are bomb right you know is it is it the suits that the workers had before they abandoned the project, maybe? maybe? But then that wouldn't explain why would they have kids down there working? Because they had little red jumpsuits for the kids. Yeah. Like, where the fuck did they get them? <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? no idea. I mean, another loose logic thing there that kind of bugged me a little bit. Um, also, how did she organize all these tethers? Like, if they were not able to, like, cognitively think on their own... Was she just actively training them down there? Like, why is she so messed up and not the others? And in and, and that her other, you know, her throat, like the whole throat thing really bothers me a little bit. Like she would have had to collapse her larynx. You know what I mean? To fucking really cause yeah, that kind she of fucking. She probably did. She's a child. 
I mean, maybe. She's got crazy strength. It just seems like a bit of a stretch a little bit, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but. Um, keep in mind, guys, I'm just pointing these out because inevitably somebody's going to have this be their main crux of why they don't like this movie for the most part and it's totally valid i'm not trying to say it's invalid to think that way but i think what what you really need to look at this film is that you know this is a a movie and the message is to mirror society not be like a real life documentary you know where it has to make perfect sense it's just a parallel metaphor of how we treat each other in the society that we live and that's the main message I think I got from it. I mean, what do you think after knowing all this other stuff? It makes sense. Is there anything that you would like to point out? Not anything we haven't already talked about. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you agree with anything or disagree with anything that we, that... Uh, no, I mean, that idea, our ideology, like, makes sense to me about it. Yeah? Do you think overall that's what they were trying to say, or do you feel like it's... Probably. Just the dark cells, like you were saying? Yeah, like, it, it can literally go any way. Yeah? So it's however you want to perceive it is... You know, however you want to perceive it. Yeah. There's multiple different concepts or ideas behind this movie, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. it's not any one thing. Yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, the whole country is made up of different perceptions, so pretty apropos, I would think. It is what you make of it. And I think, and I think it's prevalent because, like, how many fucking horror movies or borderline horror movies or whatever really actually do that? Exactly. Like, how many genre films do you know that actually push the boundaries and make you think like that, guys? Like, you know, maybe I'm licking fucking Jordan's ass here a little bit, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm really just impressed that somebody can take the genre and and take it in a new direction, which it kind of desperately needed. Yep. And uh, we're seeing like a lot of new horror. A lot of people have compared, um, you know, Peel and other people have said, like even John Carpenter said, there's like In Search of Darkness, this documentary about 80s movies and stuff. John Carpenter even said, you know, I think a lot of the reason that we got so many great 80s movies is because of the Ronald Reagan era and because of all the bullshit that was going on there. Right. Are we seeing a really big resurgence. I mean, it was the resurgence was happening before Trump was in office, but do you guys think that maybe because of Trump being in office and the division that we're having, that this is why we're getting these types of like prevalent film and like really deep, thoughtful pieces of horror genre work, whatever you want to call it? Probably. I think so. I mean, I hope to see more. I'm but glad that in a shitty repressed environment, they're going to act out in whatever way they see fit. So. Yeah, it doesn't, this doesn't, this doesn't come across as a preachy film to me. No. I don't, I think it's really just like, it's, it's literally putting up a mirror, being pretty blatantly straightforward about it and letting you, like you said, come to your own perceptions about it and however you think, because you're going to come up with your own perception. And like fucking Peel said, who am I to really fucking tell you what you think? If that's what you pull from it, I'm not going to change your mind. So, but, uh, what do you guys think? Do you, do you enjoy some of the theories, some of the things that uh, we compiled together uh, and put together for this? Uh, do you think it's pretty interesting? Do you think that Jason's a tether? Do you, uh, I don't know, what, what other theories do you have about this movie and some of the like points? Did you, did you see any of those things that we pointed out? Uh, are you going to go see it again? Like, uh, let us know what you think in the comments below. 
Like, I'd love to hear from you. And if it's anything spoilerific, just write us personally on like the Facebook page or in a Twitter message or whatever the fuck it is. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hash it out with you guys. But, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode, Brittany. So glad we got to do this one finally. We've been waiting on this for fucking ever. It was good. Came, it actually came by. It kind of came, goes by pretty quick into shit nowadays, doesn't it? It kind of like just all of a sudden it's like, hey, it's time. It's over. I'm like, no. We're thinking about doing Pet Cemetery when that comes out. I think it's next week. I think it comes out. Really? I don't remember. I got to look it up. But if it is, we'll do Pet Cemetery. maybe if you're interested. Would you be interested? Oh, yeah. Yeah? And then we'll do like a Grave Plots after that just to kind of like bring it back or whatever. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming by this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And as always, stay weird, monsters. Tune in every Monday for a brand new 